This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. We've loved doing this podcasting journey. We love bringing awesome guests on. We love seeing that people are listening. And we're really, really grateful that this is hopefully inspiring other people to get outdoors. Yeah, and as part of our mission at Hiking Through Life, we really want to help support others in continuing their journey or starting their journey into the outdoors. So as part of that, we have plans for future episodes to address some listener feedback. So if you have questions about backpacking, hiking, adventuring outdoors, let us know. Email hikingthroughlife at gmail.com and submit us your question or topic and we'll possibly address it in a future episode. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today we have Jenny Ellis and her dad Steve and her mom Nancy on the podcast, a family combo who are quite the adventurers. They are from Illinois, but the family has traveled all over the country by bike and they have hiked parts of the Appalachian Trail as a family. The trail is often a place where people get creative inspiration and the inspiration that Jenny gets on the trail is through singing and making musical parodies about all things hiking related. Jenny is also a self-published author of two books, From Flat Tires to Root Beer Floats, and The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. The family's next endeavor is the Superior Hiking Trail in just a few days. Welcome to the podcast, Ellis family. Hello. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your outdoor backgrounds and hiking backgrounds and how this adventure got started. Well, we started... uh cycle touring back in 1976. Him and my mom. I was alive. My wife and I. And then uh, when the kids came, then we started taking them on at least two week or longer bike trips. We rode uh, two tandems with a baby seat to start. And then we bought a triple. And when the youngest was five, she rode the triple from Chicago to New Hampshire Hampshire with us. And we had a tandem and and a triple and pulled a Heart, so it was pretty hard <laughs> going down mountains on a triple when a five year old is moving back and forth. Then you think you're yeah. gonna die. That's pretty yeah. scary. <laughs> and then, uh, when I retired, you know how it is when a husband comes into the woman's house where she's in control, and it's kind of hard to, you know, find your uh, role a little bit. So, we planned to do a, a perimeter ride in the United States on a tandem to get 
comfortable again with each other. So we, you know, work everything out. So six weeks, six weeks of good fighting on the tandem. And after that, everything kind of smoothed out and we, we finished, uh, it was a five and a half month trip around the perimeter. Yeah, so they went from Florida over to San Diego, California, up to Washington, over to Maine, and then back down to Jacksonville, Florida. And that was as like your retirement celebration? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, once we finished that, we said, well, let's try something new. And my, and, uh, my wife had always told me that she'd never ride a bike, a boy's bike. I got her to ride a boy's bike. Then she said she'd never go on a tour. I got her to go on a tour. So when we finished, I said, let's try backpacking something different. You know, we've been touring for so long. So uh, uh, she said she'd never wear a backpack. Well, I coaxed her. We tried the Appalachian Trail a little bit. She kind of liked it. And so now she does it for for fun. I don't know if she'd say it's fun all the time. (laughs) Yeah, she has some moments. How long ago was your first backpacking trip? We started in 2017. 2017. They were going to do a through hike of the Appalachian Trail. So they started in Georgia in March, but then in the Smokies, there was a snowstorm. And my mom was saying she was going to lay down in the snow. So my dad said they should quit. <laughs> yeah, that, was our, that was our first backpacking trip. It was going to be a through hike on the Appalachian Trail. First and time. then I was like, I was going to hike with you in the summer. What are you doing? And mom said, I'm never backpacking ever again. But then that was April. And then back in, in June, then we went back to where they left off and they made it to Harper's Ferry. I, I did about like almost 700 with them that summer. And then they made it to Harper's Ferry. And then the next year they covered from Harper's Ferry to right before the presidential range in the White Mountains. But they didn't, we didn't get to do all of it because my dad threw a log and tore his chest muscle. <laughs> oh. Oh no! And then last year we were going to finish the Appalachian Trail or there, I was going to help him finish. And we did the presidential range. That's it. We'd trained forever. And my mom stepped out of a van when we were resupplying and could barely walk. We thought the ground was a foot lower, yeah. well, a foot higher than it was. So we had to go home after just doing the presidential range when they yeah. trained forever. And then they said, oh, you don't have to be worried about a men- meniscus. You don't even have one because it was bone on bone. So then August, you had a knee replacement. So the... Appalachian Trail probably would have been the last part of the Whites and Maine would have been too hard for us this year. So we thought we'd try the SHT to see if she's able to do that. Yeah, the Superior Hiking Trail has definitely taken some some steps back. So she should be able to conquer that one. <laughs> well, we know she can hike, but like the end of the Appalachian Trail is all like rock scrambling and really dangerous. Dangerous enough when they're in their upper 60s to begin with, but... <laughs> If she can't bend her knee all the way, that'd be even more dangerous. Yeah. And then, so, so Jenny, so, I mean, you just grew up kind of living in this, you were kind of born into this adventurous lifestyle and family. Yep. So, I mean, as a kid, you're kind of like, that's not necessarily a choice. Like your family just has you do that when you're young, but but now, clearly, it's just something that you've chosen to do. Um, do you go out backpacking on your own ever, or is it typically with your parents? I would not want to go by myself. If I had someone to go with, I would go. But, I mean, even when I was little, I always liked all the trips. Me and my second sister, my little sister would always complain, but <laughs> me and my middle sister were, like, endurance athletes. Like, we've always loved to run. But I think my love for running came because of bike trips, because, like, you really get into endurance and you get stronger. And then, so I've always liked it. And I like backpacking, I think more than the bike trips. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely different. And so there's three, there's three sisters total. Yeah. Okay. 
And did all of you enjoy the biking or was it ever a struggle to get some of you out and going on these family trips? My mom, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> me and Katie always loved it. Tammy was the, but she's the one, our first trip from here to Wyndham, Minnesota, she was two. And so she was in the baby seat right behind me. So she pinched me like the whole time. And I don't know, because maybe since she was two, maybe she had a bad <laughs> experience of being stuck in there for so long when she was little and like riding all the way to New Hampshire when you're five on a triple has to be harder <laughs> yeah but I mean she always liked it too she just complained more and and Steve what's your opinion on that taking your one year when they were all kids did you feel they were all pretty easy going about it oh yeah you know uh we're all teachers we're all math teachers yeah I was watching some of your math YouTube videos <laughs> You, you know how crazy the world is right now anyway, and there's technology and everything, phones and everything, and it was our way to get rid of all of that and just have our family to ourselves on these trips, and there was no other interference, and it was just us, and you know, that's missing in, in families these days. Um, kids are doing their own thing, parents are doing their own thing, you know, even husbands and wives go separate, you know, so I, I, I tried to keep everybody together for the trips and uh, more bonding, you know, a bonding time. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely something. I mean, when we go out camping, that's totally how we see it together. Like, that's just how we kind of formed our relationship by going out and camping. You don't need very much to be happy. <laughs> and we, we also use it as a tool to teach our kids that God provides. When we have a need, something happens and you're taken care of. I mean, uh, even on the Appalachian Trail, when I hurt my rib real bad and I need the hospital, God sent a man from Harvard, a professor in the rain, had no cell phone reception. His wife was out hiking the trail. He said to me, as soon as my wife gets back, we'll take you to the hospital so you can get checked out. They drove us 30 miles to a hospital and dropped us off. And from there, we were able to get a motel, a rental car, et cetera, et cetera, and get home. Yeah. My wife got norovirus on the Appalachian Trail. Something bad. We spent probably four hours in the dark in the woods at night, cleaning up everything and everything, you know, she had it both ends. Jenny was to run or go eight miles back to a town to get us some medicine and well, we had no food because yeah. our we were planning to stay in town that night but like we ate at a restaurant there was like a box with like yeah. some random food we're like oh let's just push on then we can go 17 miles yeah. tomorrow to get to a hostel so we had barely any food and then she gets horribly yeah. sick <laughs> but then just as jenny is leaving us on the mountaintop to go back to this town a girl walks in with her boyfriend and the girl had just graduated from pharmacy school in Florida. Turned out that she had uh, emodium for diarrhea. She had five, I think five rolls of toilet paper. So she gave us one. We had made, we had made toilet paper from a newspaper, wet newspaper we'd found and I dried it out. We were going to use that. She gave us that and they gave us food. They had all this extra food. Said we're, we're not staying out here that long. And so we spent the night and then the next day we were able to get out and and another family too. They're like, "Oh, we're about to leave. Here's a bunch of bars." Yeah, like, oh. It's our way that for uh, us to teach our kids how to trust God that He'll take care of you no matter what. 
Absolutely. I mean, those are the, those are the trail angel stories that you hear too. I mean, I love hearing things like that because people, people out on the trail, just everybody's kind of out there and has a very similar mindset. They want to help one another. Right. I just wonder why somebody was carrying five rolls of toilet paper. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I guess carry toilet paper over food. And it was like the prettiest shelter on the Appalachian Trail. So when you guys were doing your bike trips, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced as a family? I'm assuming that you would just camp along the way. Right. Uh-huh. It, once every maybe week, we'd stay in a hotel. Or if it was like really bad storming, we'd stay in a hotel. <laughs> I'd say the biggest problem is the heat. Because, you know, like when you're backpacking, you can hide in the trees a lot. But when you're cycling, you're out in the open all the, the time. The thunderstorms yeah. also. And the storms, you can't, there's no. Especially when they make you keep going, even when the lightning is about to strike you dead. Well, our first bike trip, a tornado siren went off and we were in a pavilion at a park and this police guy's like, oh, you need to leave. We're closing. So we just had to ride off and we were hiding under a billboard, like right by the Mississippi River <laughs> with a tornado siren going <laughs> That's wild. To me, the thunderstorms, I'm like terrified of thunderstorms. And like 12 years ago, I was home by myself and our house was struck by lightning and I was here by myself. So anyways, I feel like that traumatized me growing up, riding through all the storms. And then another hard thing, like my mom can be pretty dramatic on bike trips and we would call it her radio show. Because <laughs> when she start getting really tired, she just starts mouth and one time it was like burning hot it was like it was like 103 degrees we were stopping like every five miles to get Gatorade from gas station she just like throws her bike on the side of the road she's like I'm done but then soon after she's like I'm not gonna die in front of someone's house I'm gonna die at the top of the hill and then we kept going (laughs) and also well she did have a couple bike wrecks which one was pretty pretty bad we were in Wisconsin and her and Katie were on the tandem Katie was like seven and they were coming down or eight they were coming down a hill and just crossed a train track. And this woman opened her car door right when they their tandem was going by. So it like hit the pannier and the bike flipped. And my sister Katie jumped off and the bike landed on my mom. And she couldn't even like walk for like a few hours. And the lady felt terrible. She was like an older lady and she had sunglasses and tinted windows. So she <laughs> didn't know we were going by. But yeah, she felt terrible. But then like a few hours later, my dad's like, well, when I was a soccer coach, if anyone was injured, I'd have them ride a bike. So maybe you should try to ride your bike. <laughs> and I said, I told her, I go, look, there's a hotel I know about a mile ahead. You you make the decision. You get to that motel and you turn in, that's fine. If you want to keep going, that's fine too. But if you turn in, I'll go down to the car dealer, get some kind of a car or truck, and I'll purchase it and we'll drive you home. We got to the motel and my wife is pretty tough and she just kept riding. 20 more miles. Yeah, pretty funny, <laughs> My wife is a tough cookie. She acts like she can't do anything, but she can do a lot. She's just got to put up the fight with herself. Yeah. yeah, Yes. Yeah. She just <laughs> likes to be dramatic. Herself, yeah. <laughs> right. Sometimes being dramatic just adds to the experience, though. Sometimes yeah, that's, yeah. that's she just She makes it very entertaining. It. <laughs> yeah, she brings her entertainment. Sometimes she's an AM station. Sometimes she's FM. Sometimes she's singing. <laughs> sometimes she's... <laughs> For instance, on our perimeter ride in the United States, um, you know, your legs get kind of uh, uh, tight. And so every day when you start off, because we were, we were averaging 70 miles a day and you, 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 you have to uh, get loose. 
So what she would do, she would sing to me for at least an hour and a half every morning while I'm warming up on the bike trip to keep the, uh, the show, get the show on the road. It's pretty fun. So the singing, so that's something all of you do too. Cause like from watching the videos, a lot of it's like, Jenny, I know like your parents hop in here and there, but are you just a musical family overall? Well, we've always liked to sing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like us, we, I mean, the kids are more musical, but he plays like for fun, the banjo, the harmonica, the piano, the accordion. Yeah. I mean, they like, when I was a little kid, I never would sleep. I'd always be up all night. He'd sing to me and teach me songs. <laughs> but my, my problem is I'm a math teacher. I know how to count that way. But when you give me a musical instrument, I can't count. So I, <laughs> I don't know the rhythm. So I had trouble. Yeah, yeah. Your math videos were funny. I, I'm not a math person at all. But I was like, maybe, maybe this will help me learn math. It just might. <laughs> So, so it sounds like you guys just kind of like grew up singing. And then these, these songs that you started singing on the trail, Jenny, those just came to you, you said? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd always sing all the time, like random songs from like anything, like Mary Poppins or Annie, whatever songs come into your head. It's just fun to sing. Then one day I just, the first song I made was like, are you, are you gonna hike with me on the Appalachian Trail? For the woods to see, we'll climb more rocks and roots and through the fallen trees. If you'd hike the Appalachian Trail with me. So that was like the first one I made. Then I just kept making songs like every day. One day, I think I made like three songs while, while I was hiking. Because, <laughs> you know, you gotta, there's nothing else to do while you're yeah. hiking. Yeah, totally. And like, I mean, it, it just comes so naturally to you, it seems, in the videos. Like the Under the Sea one was so much fun, too. <laughs> and then like the one that you shared on the Superior Hiking Trail group about... The bugs. The bugs yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's exactly what you have to do to like keep entertained and keep your motivation going. Well, yeah. Well, and when we first went on bike trips, my little sister Tammy would be like, sing, sing, sing. So the whole, I keep having to sing songs over and over or else she'd pinch my butt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm tired. Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, like words come very easy to me. Like that's just, that's like the, that's like definitely a gift I have is with words. And it's just really fun. And then when coronavirus happened and I'm a substitute teacher and a coach, so there was like literally nothing to do because you can't do online substitute teaching. So had to do something. And they just kept coming to me. I like wasn't even trying. Usually if I try to make something, it doesn't come, but it just has to kind of come to my head, like one line. Then it's like, oh, I'll just keep going with that. <laughs> yeah, just keep rolling with it. And so when you would film them, like, did you have your parents filming them or would you just put a camera up and start going at it? My dad would film it, but at home, first I was like just setting it up and like filming myself with the computer. But then I realized if we use my dad's phone, well, I just have a flip phone. I don't like smartphones. So I was using <laughs> That's impressive. I don't know many people who just have a flip phone these days. Yeah. Our whole family still had flip phones, but then somehow everyone except me got smartphones. <laughs> well, we got, we got a flip phone because our youngest daughter is a missionary in uh, New Zealand. Yeah. And that's the only way to keep up with her. Your FaceTime on there. So she, yeah. So she's been there for almost five years. So. Oh, she's been over there for five years? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Long but, uh, time. <laughs> my wife's afraid of flying. She's afraid of crashing in the water. But she won't go over there and visit. So we have to figure out a way to give her some kind of a drug or something to put her to sleep. <gasps> Dad, her the <laughs> I mean, she's not scared of like anything else, but... 
well yeah, just flying she's a line. daredevil when we're biking or hike like once on a bike trip she hit 56 miles an hour and she never wow. stopped talking about that because because I, I was like going 32 because i had my brakes on being safe and she's like flying and the semi's coming i'm like mom and then she's like i went 56 <laughs> so when we had the tandems when you're younger me and my mom and my sister they'd be like flying down the mountain but dad and me and tammy are more safe so <laughs> we wouldn't be as crazy yeah going down a mountain that's a little wild well yeah because you're going like 50 and you're on a trip yeah it's freaky because what if a moose or a deer or anything ran out like goodbye <laughs> so what was the biggest challenge about hiking the Appalachian Trail at your guys's age I mean it sounds like there were some injuries along the way but was there any other challenges there were like 17 of us in a shelter while the blizzard was going on what we were at like Clemens Dome. You didn't say half of them were smoking pot. Yeah, they were, they were smoke. Half of them were smoking pot, but there were. The tarp was covering the shelter. Yeah, there were two seven-year-old ladies in there too. They were on a day hike or a, a sex little section hike. But then the next morning, figuring out what to do, it was so cold. There was eleven inches of snow. The path was totally covered, and you know there's white blazes on the Appalachian Trail. And then having to get from there to somewhere safe, and so we finally got a hold of the rangers and they said everybody should just get off the trail go down to gatlinburg so we went to clingman's dome hid in the <clears throat> they had washrooms on top of the mountain at clingman's dome we hid in there for a while to get a break from the storm and warm up and a plow truck came up and we asked him how are we supposed to get down he said well you ain't riding with me and so he said you got to hike the uh, seven, miles. seven miles down on the road. That was that was tough, hiking on a road. And their friend had to be airlifted because there was like a hole in the shelter she was in and so her sleeping bag got sopping wet. So she got hypothermia and had to be- Airlifted out. Yeah, yeah helicoptered out. And then my wife says, I'm gonna lay down in the snow because I'm tired. Dramatic. Very <laughs> dramatic. Knowing that she was in that mindset, you know, you're thinking about, I'm out here for fun. Is it worth somebody dying for? We forded many rivers uh, in 2018 in uh, Pennsylvania, well, New, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, it like wouldn't stop. Dangerous. Raining. And I said we should stop and go back yeah. and find a detour. And Dad starts walking across, and it's yeah. like waist deep, raging river. Yeah. I've yeah. never been. So, that was horrifying. When we crossed that first bad river, we didn't know you were supposed to loosen your backpacks in case you get in trouble. You let the backpack go. Yeah. And then like every night you just hear trees like bam, because the water was the soil was so waterlogged. That was freaky. And then some creepy individuals you come across is also scary. Yeah, you always hear those creeper stories out on the trail. But yeah, there was some guy that was in the shelter the whole night. He was talking to himself, swigging his whiskey, but like he just kept eyeing me up and down. Like we first got there and he just like passed out in his sleeping bag with like a huge open bottle. That was creepy because he was talking to himself the whole night. It's got to be tough for a young lady to do a trip like that on her own. Mm -hmm. Right, right. But yeah, when you're out there alone, it's a whole other perspective. Absolutely. So Steve and Nancy, do you think you would be doing, would you go do all these hikes if Jenny wasn't with you to kind of um, make, be there for your safety? <laughs> well, yeah. when they started originally... They started in March and I was going to join them when school was over, but, but the sections through the white mountains, they would not do that without me. Cause sometimes I'm pulling my mom and my dad's pushing her and, and you, and then my mom, like when I leave, she's like, dad doesn't show me every step because I'll show her exactly where to step. 
and I'll like try different ways and be like, step exactly here and here and here, which is very tiring. But <laughs> uh, the reason we like Jenny to come because Jenny likes to plan. She likes that detail. Me, I'd rather just put the backpack on and go. But she wants details no, to know what's happening every step of the way. So, But also if someone gets really tired, I can take some of their weight. Yeah. yeah. So when you guys carry all your stuff, do you do you like share the food load and everything or do you guys kind of all have your own stuff? Well, me and my dad carry the food. We each carry I, the I food. Carry most, I, I carry mealtime. Our packs are the same weight. I carry, <laughs> I carry breakfast and supper. She carries lunch. But then I carry my, my mom carries both of their sleeping bags in the pack. My mom carries the lightest stuff. So we try to keep her around 25 or lower. And then we take the rest. Yes. Yeah, we drink her water first. So, she's down like 20. so we just share all the water. And then we drink dad's and we never drink mine. I always have my weight. <laughs> always got the extra weight. Yep. That's how it works. The youngest with the most energy has got to carry all the weight, right? Yeah, because I'm like, just give me all your stuff. Like, I'm still going to be faster. I'm younger and I walk fast to begin with. <laughs> One time there was no water source at the shelter we were going to. So we had to get oh, yeah. water supply for the next day, about a half mile from the shelter. Once it was three miles. And she and she carried, must have both been. Both the gravity filters yeah, in my hands. You know, big six quart gravity filters. She carried them both plus her back. Yeah, that wasn't a half mile. That was over a mile. And the one time it was three miles. Wow. So like hiking as a family, I mean, it sounds like you guys each have like your own kind of roles. Um, what are like some of the biggest challenges you face hiking as a family? Getting along. Getting along? Yeah. <laughs> well, trying to keep people safe that don't want to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> like telling dad, you need to do this. And then he acts silly and almost falls off the yeah, rock. Say, He's like, I'm a man. There only can be one leader, and sometimes in our family, more than one leader steps up to the plate. And also, we walked it. I mean, like, I'm obviously a lot younger, so I like to walk faster. We could hike all day, and then she puts her trail runners on, then she goes for a three-mile run. Oh, to, like, end the day? Yeah, to end the day I while we set a camp. <laughs> you really are an athlete, no doubt about that. You'll go on a run after hiking, like how many miles in a day? Like, how, would you do like 10 miles a day or what? We were doing more like 12, 12 to 19. Days. We'd usually yeah. do like 15, 14, yeah, I'd say 20. average. I wanted to do more. And then the day I leave, then they do 20 miles. I was like, seriously, I'll try to get you 20 little time. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we just had to, yeah. But that was in Shenandoah. So I guess that's an easier spot. But yeah, because the first year, sometimes I'd walk ahead and then wait, but after this one time, like I hiked ahead and I was sitting on my pack waiting. I heard like, I thought I heard someone screaming. He's after me. And I freaked out. And so I started running back. And then this guy was hiking with us a little bit and we stopped at the shelter and I started reading like the murder shelter, the murder shelter. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause it was like the shelter where someone was murdered. And so after that, I started staying closer. And then when we got like more dangerous terrain, I would stay right with them. Cause <laughs> there was one time she, uh, you're we running out of water. So she gone up the mountain ahead of us and she was looking for water sources and there was just little trickles and she'd have to dig down to get some water to come up and all of a sudden she she stopped and she's looking for water and out of the corner of her eye she sees somebody oh. and it, it's it's a it's a guy in, in a beard and she sees a gun she thinks it's a gun but it turns out to be a stick but he's just an old mountain man. Well, I just read about the murder yeah. shelter and I thought I saw a guy pointing a gun at me through yeah. the But he was like, but when he went by us, we're like, he didn't even like flinch. Yeah. He just like, 
and he had this long beard and a stick. It scared her out of her gourd. She left her pack, ran down the mountain to us, and then when we came back up, we we met him. But uh, she thought she she he was going to shoot her or something. Well, yeah. After you read about a murder shelter, for sure, that's going to be the only thing on well, your the mind. Next day, yeah. Well, and like like I said, they're creepy people. Another shelter soon before we were going to like take kind of a day off and just go five miles. And we get there and like, there's all these mothballs, there's music playing. And this guy comes like dragging all these logs out of the woods that like had two huge knives hanging out of his belt, like wild eyes. And my dad puts the tarp down, he's like, take a nap. And me and my mom are like, we're not staying here, dad. And he's like, lay down, take it. I'm like, dad, we're not. <laughs> and then we later found out his, his nickname was like Wicked Witch. And he was like schizophrenic and I'm like, because we ended up going 13 miles instead to a place where there was no water. So my mom refused to eat dinner. because She's like, we can't drink water, so I'm not going to eat. I'm like, mom, we need to eat. <laughs> this man's wife got mad at him. He lives around Irwin, Tennessee somewhere. And she told him to go take a hike. And so he left. So he said he'd been at the shelter for 30 days. <laughs> wow. Find all kinds, all kinds of people out there. That's a cool. Yep. That's the coolest part about hiking the Appalachian Trail. You meet people from all Tons over the world, and a lot of them, are, you know, like there's ex-servicemen out there with PTSD. There's people out there whose kids have died of heroin overdoses. I have one lady whose son killed himself because a girl broke up with him. She's from South Africa. Just before the week they were supposed to get married, and. Uh, that broke up with him had been impregnated by another man and that man didn't want to marry her but this guy agreed to marry her to be her husband and then a week before they were getting married she went back to the other guy that got her pregnant and the kid couldn't take it and then killed himself and she was out there to yeah like process it all i mean yeah that's what's so so unique about the trail too i mean people are out there like we said, for all types of reasons. And we met another guy that like, he went on a blind date and they some their car got hit by a train and he was out there hiking and he could barely move. Hey, let's go inside. Getting too loud out here. Thunder's going crazy. <laughs> some crazy storms coming through. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And your books, Jenny. So is writing something you always wanted to do? Yeah. Well, when I was little, I always wanted to be a teacher and a writer. Cause I'd always like teach my dolls and my sisters and I'd make like grade books and like Snoopy would always get a D I remember and my Samantha doll would get an A. But, but I also like to write, I'd write like little things kind of like American girl doll books except slightly different than that. But yeah, I always like to write. And so, cause you wrote two of them and the one, um, the root beer and the, the bike one, that's about yeah. your family bike trips. Uh-huh. So like someone told me about this thing where you try to write a book in a month. It's called NaNoWriMo in November. And so it was like the day before this person told me about it. And I was like, oh, I should try to write about our bike trips because I'd always wanted to. So I just started writing and I wrote it like in the month of November. And I'd like read it, write a chapter, then read it to my mom to see if it was good enough. And I just and it's, it's a bunch of like short stories of like all our trips throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds super cool. And just like, what a cool place to have all of your family memories from this yeah. biking trip. Although some of my have... sisters would be like, that's not how it happened. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone has different, it's all perspective, right? Yep. And then my sister Tammy's like, you make me look like a baby. I'm like, well, Gonna have to read it to get, to dive yeah. more into your family then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then your other book, um, is that just about your experiences earlier on in your adolescence? Is that correct? Um, well, so there was a girl I coached that was like kind of struggling through an eating disorder. And I just felt compelled one night to like write out like a seven page story of like what I went through in college, like as a runner, like not intentionally losing weight, but then you run faster. And then like, it's really hard to make yourself because you're like, I don't want to get slow. So I like wrote out this thing for her. And then the next day, the coach just sent me on a run with just her. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm going through. Like, that's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And so then I just thought I should just write a whole book about things I've been through, like being bullied and stuff like that. So I could like give it to different girls that I'd coached. That's super cool. And that's like really powerful because not everybody necessarily wants to have a conversation about those things, but reading it can be so much mean, so much more meaningful too. Yeah. And like, you never know who you're going to reach or someone will read it and be like, oh my goodness, that's what, and then you can have a better conversation with somebody. Yeah. Any struggle you go through, that's like where you can really connect with people the best and make the best like influence on people. Absolutely. So what do you coach? Uh, I coach cross country and track. Okay. Right now I'm in middle. I I really liked coaching high school, but that ended up not working out. So now I'm in middle school. Middle school, you can inspire kids more to like get into running and like figure out like how to pace and all these things and get them excited. For high school, you can like push because like when I coached at high school, I was a volunteer. So they would just have me run the workouts with the kids, like every workout, like pacing them and pushing them. And that's like fun because you can do a lot harder of workouts and have like deeper conversations and stuff. But medical, middle school is fun in a, in a different way. I love kids and I love running. So it's like the way you can put it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And especially like at that age, like you said, you can like kind of train them to love it. Yes. Because there's so much going on. Yep. <laughs> that's why I love to, I teach preschool. That's why oh, I love teaching preschool because there's. Wow. They're, you're just crafting their little minds at age four. <laughs> yeah, my parents, they, well, not right now because of coronavirus, but they teach the four and five-year-old Sunday school class. They have for like 40 years. Oh, but not math, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> they taught high school math and then they taught little kids Sunday school. So they like love that age group too. <laughs> so you guys still, well, before coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, they teach, and I, I teach middle school Sunday school at our church and they teach the little kids <laughs> Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's a lovely age. So what are the plans for the Superior Hiking Trail? Are you guys, is it all three of you? Yes. Yep. We're leaving on Wednesday. And then we got a shuttle taking us up to the northern part. Uh, to walk back to yeah. our car. You're doing the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, we have to. got to get back to the car. What? <laughs> <It's motivation. laughs> well, I figured why skip out on them? I mean, because people are like, there's nowhere to stay, but there are a couple campgrounds open and tells. So, yeah, it goes right through like the heart of Duluth there. So, I mean, I, on my through hike, I stayed at a hotel one night and then yeah, actually Sarah came up, I was going to camp at a campground, but it was full. So she ended up driving up that night and we just kind of stayed in our car. Okay. How are the boardwalks? Someone said the boardwalks are real bad. Well, some of the sawmill one they said is like failing. Yeah. There's a couple that definitely need to be replaced. Um, but for the most part, most of them are pretty good. The one just says, like, use extreme caution, very dangerous. And some lady posted something like parts of it. There's just one board. <laughs> yeah, there was one. I forget exactly what section it was, but it's about, I want to say it's about two or three feet kind of up from the water, too. So you got to kind of balance yourself, <laughs> and it's a little precarious. Now, how were the mosquitoes when you were 
your hiking? Well, I did it in September, so there weren't any and the leaves were turning. So, I mean, that's the perfect time of year, in my opinion, for Minnesota hiking, but. There are hunters out there then too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, we did come across a couple like grouse hunters, but it wasn't too bad. Um, deer season wasn't in effect yet, so didn't have to worry about that. But yeah, this time of year, it's going to be kind of peak mosquitoes and probably encounter some black flies. Yeah. Well, he bought like bug, like bug pants and we have our bug nets and he bought bug jackets, which I don't think I'm going to wear all of that. But. Yeah, highly recommend a head net at least. Yes. And yeah. spraying your clothes with permethrin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everything your song said. Yes. Well, because when they were in New Jersey, well, I had to leave them on the New Jersey border and in New Jersey, they said it was like they had to wear all their clothes and they said it was horrible. So yeah. one, <laughs> one night we were in... Uh, and which which state we're in but it was like uh, 80 degrees out we had our head nets on our raincoats on inside our sleeping bags 20 degree sleeping bags oh my gosh oh in the shelter to, in the shelter just to keep the mosquitoes away that's rough be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you might encounter it that bad up here but we've never had it that extreme no i mean <laughs> typically we haven't been up there this year yet but um typically if we're just sprayed with permethrin, sometimes need the bug net up top on the head, okay. but, um, and then maybe just a little bit of, um, on the bare skin, just some spray. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. some person said they had permethrin and they had sprayed themselves and they got nine ticks in one hike, one day. It's like, And then some other girl that sent me a message that said she finished a through hike said she got 156 ticks on total on her, hmm. but she didn't, said she didn't spray her clothes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't have an issue with, if we spray with permethrin, no. we don't have an issue with the ticks. But... And we're always in long sleeves. Oh, see, I've never worn long sleeves before. I hate being hot, but we do have shirts. Yeah, and we're always in pants, too. I mean, usually I'm in a t-shirt, but yeah, pants. Yeah, pants I know. Pants. I noticed your video. You're in like shorts and t-shirts, and I'm like, oh my, Mosquito City. <laughs> yeah, I put a lot of bugs for <laughs> But you got the bug nuts for your legs, so I guess that could work instead of pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did have to roll my pants up because, I mean, on my through hike, I was getting too hot, too, even in, in September, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I just read a thing that said it's supposed to get super hot this July up north. It's like, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this uh, weekend, it's supposed to be in the 90s in the Twin Cities here. So up there, it's probably going to be a little bit cooler, but probably still pretty hot. Yeah, Grand Marais, it was like 70 for a high, but Duluth, it's hotter. But the higher, the farther north part didn't look that bad. But I feel like every time we go north, it's a burning hot. Like the time we rode our bikes around Wisconsin, when I said my mom is like, I don't want to die in front of someone's house. It was like the hottest summer ever. And we were right along Lake Superior and it was burning hot. And we thought, oh, it'd be a cool bike trip, but it wasn't. <laughs> and one of the places, I remember we were in our tent and it was like 100 degrees, but there were mosquitoes in the tent. And we, when we took our bike trips, we had a four-man tent for five. And at one point, I was the size I am now, and everyone was bigger than me. And we still had the four-man tent for five people. So we were in there, and like, if you go in your sleeping bag, you die. If you go outside, I mean, out of your sleeping bag, mosquitoes were eating you alive. So yeah, so either like really hot or being eaten. Yes. So we had lots of experience with. <laughs> for hanging food, did you have to do two double? You know, to use two trees for your uh, food bag, or what? I just used one the whole time. There was a couple nights where I just got lazy and didn't even hang it. I just walked it into the woods, really? like away from camp. Yeah, uh -huh. and it was fine. Um, but yeah, there are areas 
where there are some bear activity that you kind of want to watch out for but i just did the one tree and it was fine nothing ever messed with it didn't have any any uh, animal trouble then at all no no i i didn't really encounter any animals but there's one campsite where the night before i got there there was like a group of kids that had stayed there like high school or college age kids that didn't hang their food very well and a black bear was messing with it and some hikers oh, chased really? it off my goodness. And that one is the one right by the Lutzen ski area. Which is also by a bar. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like two miles from the bar at Lutzen. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> it's a good place to grab a burger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Papa Charlie's. <laughs> yeah. And it's that bar is really just like a half mile from the trail, too. Oh. Okay. And that's, you said, by Lutzen ski area? Yeah. Is that the trail, the section that's closed, the spur trail that's closed, or...? Or was it off and on road? I don't think so. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't closed at least last year. Okay. And they have like a gondola too that you can kind of take in from, there's a spur trail. Yeah. So that would be fun if you guys wanted a little gondola trip. So how steep are the climbs? Um, There's pretty much no switchbacks, but okay. they're, I mean, they're not, they're very short if they are steep. Um, okay. So there's, there's a couple areas where it gets pretty steep, but you're not, not necessarily scrambling on rocks or anything like that. Yeah, like Oberg Mountain. Is there a mountain that starts with a C? Carlton Peak? How is that? Carlton Peak. Because on the map, that looks like a straight up line. So. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of the ones where it's like, you kind of got to be careful, um, but it's very short. Like the steep part is very short. So what is it? Is it sheer rock or? It's just kind of like a trail cut into the rock in a way. Um is the best I can describe it. It's not really sheer rock, no, but there's there's definitely some dirt trail, oh. but it just gets steep. Do you use your hands? Yeah, you can definitely use your hands and kind of like sit on oh, your butt okay. and okay. do it. Because yeah. I know we're coming from the north, so it looked like the steeper way was the down section. So Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you need to go backwards and, you know, where you like climb with your hands, except going no, backwards. No, it wasn't that no. bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's we, we call them mountains in Minnesota, but... Yeah, coming from, I mean, you guys have done the ATs, so you have done more more extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like the White Mountains, <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. Okay, good, because some of that's really scary. <laughs> yeah. No, it's when you're going, like, straight up a rock, and your dad's standing up, and you're like, get down! And then you just picture him falling off the mountain. So what, what made you guys want to hike the Superior Hiking Trail? Because none of you have ever hiked any sections of it, correct? No, I was just looking for a trail that was closer to us that was maybe like a month long sort of trail so that nancy could uh test out her leg to see how it's doing yeah i was looking at a bunch of them and that seemed like the only one where it was like an actual trail without having a bunch of road walks in the middle or something like that and it's not that far away and it's an easier direction to go to without a lot of towns and coronavirus <laughs> yeah for sure it's a, it's There's a like great Maine trail. and stuff you have to like either quarantine for two we couldn't i mean the, all the shelters are closed and all the amc huts are closed so that wouldn't even be a good idea and to get, if we had got out there and hiked for like one mile then she couldn't handle and come that would be a waste of, <laughs> that'd be a waste of time <laughs> so this is gonna be her first hike since she kind of hurt her leg i mean yeah we walk like every day well new not a new leg yeah a new knee <laughs> um every day she probably walked six to 12 miles the past few months like getting ready we haven't carried our backpacks that yesterday we hiked for like three or four hours with our backpack 
Yeah, the terrain on this trail is, it's more difficult than I think one would assume for Minnesota, but it's just because of all the rocks and roots and stuff. Yeah. And it's, I mean, people always think where we live in Illinois, there's nothing, but there's a lot of parks you can go to and get pretty steep, <laughs> steep stuff. <laughs> and I think I've heard too, like, we've only done a little section of the AT, but from what I've heard is there's way more water sources on the Superior Hiking Trail than there is on the AT. So, like, I don't think you should have any issues. Like, there's okay. plenty of rivers and little ponds and stuff. And they wouldn't all be dried up. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> there's just a couple little creeks here and there that dry up. What part of the AT did you do? We went down to Springer Mountain because yeah. she had a winter break yeah. for teaching. And we just took a week and went down there, did a couple days on the trail, drove back up. Okay. But then last summer we did some of it too. We did, we did uh, in Maine. We did one night in Maine Mm because we were visiting a friend out there. In the 100 mile wilderness or? Just on the very south tip of the 100 mile wilderness. Oh, was it like really scary? It was was right before you got into the 100 mile wilderness. So it wasn't. That's not like the Muhasic Notch. That's probably after that. No, Mm -hmm. um, it was in like months in Maine. Months in Maine, yeah. Um, Okay. And. Right by what we also did at Mount Washington. We we just did Pinkerman's was it Pinkerman's Pinkham's Notch? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so did you do the whole presidential range? No. No. Okay. (laughs) We we just did it was just basically a day out there. Just a day on Mount Washington, but it was a full day. It was like a 10 hour day. We were exhausted. Oh my god, it, it was nuts. I mean, those rocks were crazy. Do you remember which way? Did you go up Mount Madison or you probably don't remember which way you went up? No, I don't remember. Because we weren't on the AT. It, it was a different trail um, that we ended up taking up to the summit of Mount Washington. Okay. Was it by like the train, the Cog Railway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, because when we did the presidentials last year, well, that's all we did before she got hurt. Like the first day we went 11 and that took like the entire day. And then the next day we went seven and that took the entire day because there's sections that like you're just hot, like hopping from rock to rock. And then last day we went like seven or eight, but there was a section we were doing a half mile an hour because it was all like boulder to boulder to boulder. It was beautiful, but yeah, it's definitely slow going. Yeah. And we hit it like a perfect time. We were on top of Mount Washington. There was like zero wind. It was sunny the entire time. Well, Mount Madison, like it got foggy, but it didn't start storming until we got below tree line. So it was like we hit it on a perfect, perfect time. <laughs> yeah, no, that area is great. Like I want to do, I definitely want to do the AT at some point. Mm-hmm. Do the whole through hike. Don't do it by yourself. You'll look like a creeper by yourself. <laughs> I know. She just she beard. doesn't want to really do. Yeah, I don't have a through hiking <laughs> desire. I have like a four or five days of backpacking and then I'm good. <laughs> the hard part is you wear the same underwear, same clothes for seven to eight days. You don't have to do that. And then you wash and then you wear it again for seven or eight days. And yes, you can get kind of rancid. Yeah, See, I bring more than that because I like they'll we'll hike all day. And some of the hot days, they wouldn't put a raincoat on at all. And they'd be stopping, 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 and wouldn't even change into anything else. They're like, oh, just get your sleeping bag and it'll dry you off. And it's like 40 <laughs> degrees and you're, I was free. I always like change into something else when we get to camp, like use wipes to get clean. <laughs> but they would just keep the exact same things on and, 
And then you're sleeping in the tent next to him and he smells horrible. I did that though. I did the, well, I didn't do the go wet into the sleeping bag. I always had a dry pair of clothes that I would change yeah. into and then yes. change into my wet clothes in the morning. Yes. That's what I would do. <laughs> I never had to change into my wet clothes in the morning because the sleeping bag acts as a dryer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all out. <laughs> oh I know they're like just put your wet clothes in your sleeping bag. But we we had we had those silk sheets inside, so we just wash the silk sheets. Yeah, yeah, to each their own. See, see, I don't think I would mind like the whole being like stinky, smelly, wearing the same clothes. I just hiking for day after day after day, thirty days, forty days. I don't think that would be fun. Oh, it's so fun. Then when you have to stop, like you're like, oh, I just want to walk all day. There's there's a lot, there's a lot of mental too. Yeah. I think that's where I just like need to get Mm. over. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm happiest if I'm moving all day. Like I'll just like who wants to walk with me now? Does anyone else want to go on another run? Like your your singing is so motivating though. Maybe if I just listen to you singing the whole time, then I could do it. Sarah's gotta be very social too. So that's the other thing that is keeping her from a through hike i think well, but but on you the, meet so many yeah. people on the appalachian trail but, but on the appalachian trail i tell you about my wife my wife she's a she's a teacher but she's very she uh 34 years ago uh, introverted and yeah. she doesn't always carry on all conversations but you put her out on the appalachian mm-hmm. trail with strangers it's like this the whole time she finds somebody or someone will going, pass us and she'll keep up with them stay with them and, and she just keeps talking the whole time she leaves me in the dust and then when that guy or girl leaves her then then she'll find somebody else but she she uh is a different woman on the at than she is at home <laughs> i can relate to that because i'm very introverted myself and I I found myself after a few days on the trail just kind of being like that too. The trail kind of makes you yeah. kind of crave that a little bit more or I don't know, there's something, maybe it's just the like-mindedness of the people out there mm-hmm. too. Right. It's uh-huh. easier to carry on with them. Right, a conversation, sure. Well, yeah, they have more, I don't know, they're all not all focused on like worldly success and right. possessions and yeah. they're way more fun. Like, I feel like I don't really fit in very well with people my age. Younger people I do, but out there, like you feel like you fit in so well. And like every well on the Appalachian Trail because you have the shelters, so every night's like a sleepover. You're like meeting all these people, like right. Talking. It's so fun. Like yeah, I love yeah. that part of it. Like that part sounds so much fun. Like if I could just like be in a shelter every night, I would. I would love that. Oh but yeah. I have to hike 15 miles, 20 miles to get there each day. I don't know. But then you get to eat a lot of food. <laughs> well, when you go to town. Yeah, we always had a nice chocolate bar for supper after supper. That was a motivation the chocolate bar well, for mom yeah. <laughs> that's we good split, motivation and we would split the deep, dark chocolate three ways so we didn't get very much but that was enough to motivate hike through the day <laughs> yeah i mean you learn so much about like rationing when you're out hiking too right and just like appreciating like the smallest bite of chocolate mm. well just kind of like a bike trip the same kind of thing like oh you love food you and, look forward to it so much <laughs> and, you know for uh for men when you finish the AT, you look like you've been to a concentration camp. And women, when they finish, they look like they're Barbie dolls. So yeah, I mean, someone said that to yeah. But that, that's what it is. It's, it's a good way to <laughs> lose no, weight. No, he gets so skinny. It's scary. <laughs> like when they were on their bike trip, he went from like 185 to 150 something and looked emaciated. And then he had like three stripes on his forehead from his helmet. Like, <laughs> so he looked like Wolverine. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I was out on my through hike on the superior hiking trail, it was only 21 days that I was out there 300 miles, but I came back and I was skinnier even. Yeah. yeah. I even <laughs> noticed that mm-hmm. she's like, you lost some weight. And I got home, put my jeans on. They kind of slipped off. <laughs> yeah. They say it takes about what, three weeks before hikers hunger kicks in and then you're just like starving all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't really experience that that much, but oh, no. <laughs> I was also, when I went into resupply, I would eat a couple meals and yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know the first year when I went with them and I hiked with them for two months, like I got home and I just could not stop eating. I was so hungry. All you want to do, well, and you want to just eat tons of fruits and vegetables too. Cause like you never get any, <laughs> but then when you get home, you got to make sure you stop eating or else you blow up like a blimp. That's the cool thing about hiking. You can eat anything you want. If you like to eat. Right. Yeah. You're going to burn it off anyway. Well, and on the AT, you have uh, every shelter is the journals, like the trail journals. And I always loved reading those. Like, that's super fun. Yeah. And then you'd always read them to be like, like if it would say, oh, a copperhead hangs out below the shelter. Okay, we're not staying here. Or, oh, there was a cotton mouth in the privy. Well, don't go there. Yeah. No, those are so (laughs) fun to read, too. I totally agree. The Superior Hiking Trail has some of those. They don't have, I mean, they don't have shelters on the trail, but... They do have a few of those. There's definitely one right when you start the trail. Okay, cool. Yeah, you got to hike in from the from the trailhead. You got to basically go about a mile and a half or a mile or so. To get to the... To get to the top of the yeah. overlook, yeah. And there's a trail book up there. And um, yeah, every so often on the trail, there'll be little trail journals that you can write in. Mm-hmm. And so at every campground, there's like a tiny toilet thing? Yep. That- okay, <laughs> It's just a seat over a hole in the ground. I kind of like that better, though, because I hated the privies on the Appalachian Trail because it's the ones that have no window and they're just pitch black and there could be a snake or anything in there. Yeah, yeah. no, these are just out in the open. You just get to stare at the trees. Oh, good. I like those kind of. <laughs> yeah. Did you see any wolves or moose or bear when you were hiking? I did not see any. Um, I heard wolves two nights. And it was actually really cool. The The second time I heard them, they were howling and half the pack was on one side of the campsite. Half was on the other. They weren't oh. like close to the oh, site. But then geez. I heard them probably three hours later when I woke up and they were all over on one side then. And that I don't think really they were surrounding cool. me. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't no. scared at all? No, wolves don't really mess with people. They They okay. keep their distance for sure. Um, you might run into a, maybe a coyote or something trying to get yeah. into your food, but they're small. Um, bears are probably the biggest concern. Just uh, as long as you keep your food away from where you're sleeping, you shouldn't really have issues. I, I only feel like saw. Moves are scary. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are if you encounter them on the trail. Yeah. I don't think many people encounter moose on the Superior Hiking Trail, though. I okay. haven't seen too many people that post on the Facebook group of encountering them you definitely see a lot of signs of moose though especially in the northern part of the trail yeah. well that was like in vermont on the appalachian trail it was like a moose latrine dad would say <laughs> yeah. the whole trail <laughs> we saw one when my dad hurt himself that day we saw one right before the harvard guy picked us up in the trail yeah. and mom's like hide behind a tree <laughs> yeah the most i saw were porcupines and squirrels oh okay <laughs> did you carry bear mace or I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because okay. we never I made him. Oh, <laughs> uh, we didn't really ever on the Appalachian. Because after their first 200 miles, he's like, no one carries it. I feel like if there's, I don't know. So, so yesterday, 
So, you know, bear mace is good for four years, I guess. So I had this can, I'm going, well, I better test this thing out. So I went in the back of the property and I fired it into the arborvitae that we have. And I got, you know, like a little quarter second squirt and it worked good. And then my wife goes, Steve, Steve, where are you at? So I thought I had to go when she called and I walked through part of the mist oh, of that good? stuff. Oh, boy, I had a oh, I thought it was burning in my throat. My shoulder was burning. Oh. So you learned that it worked. It still works. Does it work? <laughs> well, That's I good. Think, yeah, I feel like it's good to have some, because like some of our trips, we literally had nothing except this pocket knife. Like, And we'll even encounter some creepy people. It's like, uh exactly and that that's the that's i guess another use for it is if you do come across a cre creepy person you could always defend yourself <laughs> or just yeah. make sure you're not downwind right yeah and i saw a good amount of signs of bear like bear tracks bear scat and there was one instance where i saw um a small set of tracks with a big set too so a mom and a cub so oh yeah yeah in the at we saw a few moms with cubs and that's but I feel like it was, I was more scared of the snakes on the Appalachian Trail, the rattlesnakes and all of that. Yeah. If you make some noise too on the trail, and that's what I did a couple of times, because like when I went in September, it was less busy than it will be this year for you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was times where I saw tracks and I was just like, oh, I guess I'm going to start talking to myself and never saw a bear. So that's what's good about always singing, because then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They know you're coming. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to be making videos out on the Superior Hiking Trail of your singing? Probably. I already started thinking of some songs. <laughs> already got in your mind. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. And you guys plan to do it for uh, like three or four weeks. Is that the goal? Whatever long it takes. Yeah. We're, we're thinking she could probably handle 10 a day, but we'll... We'll see. Yeah, and I mean, for you guys too, going south, it'll get easier um, in the southern portion too, so. But hotter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my mom, if it's raining or cold, she can go forever. And sometimes, like, the time she got norovirus, like, that day earlier, she was like, I was as walking as fast, as I, and I'm like a really fast walker. I'm known for being a fast walker. I was walking as fast as I possibly could to keep up. So sometimes, <laughs> like, even though she's 67, she'll walk like she's a teenager. So who knows? <laughs> She's tough. Yeah. And I mean, there's some parts that are just so flat that you can just like zoom, zoom those through really quick. Yeah. That'll be towards the end for sure. Um, yeah. I feel like the middle section is kind of the, the harder Hardest. section. Yeah. Some people say the Northern section is harder too, but um, I don't know. In my experience, maybe it was just because my legs were so fresh. I didn't really feel like the North was that hard. Is the trail ever scary or no? No. So it's not I like, oh, I'm so. going to fall off this, whatever. <laughs> no, you'll hit, like, so there's this place called the Hellacious Overlook. Um, yeah. And that's, like, at, it'll be, like, day one or two for you guys. And there's just this maybe 10-foot section where it does drop down on one side. But, I mean, you have enough trail where it doesn't seem too scary at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not like you're kind of like hugging a wall trying to get by. Oh. Nothing well, because like someone that. had posted something. Uh, I don't know if it was Carlton Peak, and they're like, I felt like a mountain goat, so I was picturing something scary. But <laughs> No, no, I think because um, you can take a little spur trail to get up to the top of the Carlton Peak. I didn't oh, do that, okay. but um, oh. 
there's a number of those little spur trails too for overlooks and stuff. Um, so I would recommend if you guys want to do those to do them for sure. I skipped out on some. How many did you do? Um, I don't know. As I got further along in my hike, I was just like, I was going for more miles and I was just, I don't know, my feet were sore. My boots ended up, um, kind of eating into my feet the first week because oh. one, they were just soaked and my feet were swelling up and, it had rained like every day the first uh, week on my hike. Oh yeah. We were listening to your podcast about that. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up switching over to trail runners and that's what I use. Got a lot better. I like trail runners way better and they dry out and they're lightweight, but they like boots cause they're older. <laughs> More sturdy. <laughs> yeah, and I had never had issues with these boots before, but I don't know. They just got so tight and they were digging into the back of my heels oh. and it was, yeah, it caused some issues. And it was raining a lot, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, definitely look. Uh, go to Pincushion Mountain in Grand Marais. There's an awesome overlook right before you hike down into Grand Marais area. What? You mean like a spur trail? Yeah, it's a little spur trail. And Is it, it short? Goes, yeah, it's probably, I think it says a quarter mile, but it felt more like half a mile. <laughs> but it's pretty short. But it's an awesome, awesome little overlook. of it. Okay. You can see a lot and you see the lake and everything did you guys get all the section maps yeah well i just bought like everything to see what we'd bring and i looked on the internet at every town and like wrote down hotels and restaurants and laundromats and their phone numbers and i first had it in like the bigger book but then i put it all into the little handbook and like color coded the maps like well i looked up all the things they said might be wrong with the trail and like put like highlighter there and be like oh there's a slump here. Be careful. <laughs> or failing boardwalk. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't look at that trail conditions page as much. Um before I went, I was just like, I'm just gonna deal with whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. The it, real man. Yeah. <laughs> well, just in case it starts raining a ton, that way I know like where you can Yeah, there was a couple yeah. spots. Yeah. A couple spots I wish I would have been like, yeah, I, I probably should have known about that before I got to there. I was basically the one like planning all like they didn't really I just started researching and writing down a ton of stuff <laughs> and they're just riding along <laughs> did you filter your water all the time too yeah mm -hmm. okay yeah i would recommend that for sure especially i mean obviously if you're doing it from ponds or anything yeah. like that but <laughs> even the running water in the rivers and stuff just just to be safe there's still people on the at that don't filter i don't understand <laughs> well that one family i know that like the whole thing with their whole family they didn't filter at all like i don't <laughs> what <laughs> Yeah, that was crazy. They weren't filtering? We also met that same year. We met a guy with his two kids hiking south. And they were doing like 29 miles a day. And it was like a six and an eight-year-old. Or maybe 10 and eight and 10. But they looked like they were six years old. But like they kept begging their dad to hike the whole Appalachian Trail. Because they like lived by it in Harper's Ferry. And so eventually he's like, fine, we'll hike. So it was like their idea to hike it at this age. And they started at Mount Katahdin and were hiking south and like, yeah doing amazing and he like made them little backpacks for them and stuff yeah it's so cool finding people like with little kids <laughs> yeah doing it. like that the kids are the inspiration i know it's crazy yeah he said they'd been begging for like two years like what six-year-old is like come on out of like 2190 miles <laughs> one night we had just done 15 miles i think it was and we were in our shelter and we're and we're laying there exhausted you know we hung our food sometimes that takes forever too and then uh the son comes in by the recording and I tell him, 
So how far, where'd you come from today? He said something. I said, well, how far away is that? He goes, oh, 54 miles. No, 47. Oh, 47. Miles. He said only 47 Only miles. 47. I go, what? His, uh, his name was String Bean. He was on, he was on uh, a record pace to finish the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, he, he broke the record. Yeah, he has the record for the unassisted. But, so we did it in 45 days, unassisted, averaging like almost 50 miles a day. Wait, did they make a documentary about him? They made one about the guy that did it assisted. This guy did it unassisted, okay. Joe McConaughey. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we met him and he like said at the last town, he bought four pizzas and ate three in one sitting. <laughs> and, he, and he was eating 12,000 calories. And I didn't know he's carrying all this. He was carrying, so like all night you just hear him eating his banana chips. Yeah, he's like a little like, mouse. It was crazy. Though, he's like, yeah, only 47, like 14 or 50. Was he just, he had to be so skinny. I mean, that must oh, be where his name comes from. Bean, yeah. Bean. Six four, probably. Long, really long. Uh, it was long. It's tall and skinny. He was, using he was a runner. He said he'd run like a four oh eight mile in college, like so. He was definitely talented at that. But that was cool meeting him. <laughs> Jenny let him use her uh, roll stick. stick. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I carry one in my bag. Just think, I'd used it all like on their IT bands and like whatever. Yeah. So I was like, here, you want this? <laughs> but he rolled out that night because his legs were bothering him. Well, I don't know how they do that. E- even through the White Mountains. He's, he was almost doing like he was doing upper 40s a day i don't understand yeah how is that even possible i don't know <laughs> you're like running Not die basically. like going that fast holy moly the first year my mom at, like i was sitting on my pack waiting for them eating the cliff bar and like where are they why are they taking forever and they come out and my mom had it she fell on her face and got a huge black eye because she hit a rock with her face and so from then on well these guys are like you should be called bruisers <laughs> Stone Crusher. <laughs> so was that her trail name? Do all of you have a trail name? Um, he's Deke because they called him the Deacon when he was in high school because he'd pray for like the basketball games and stuff. And I'm Energizer because yeah, I have lots of energy. And then my mom is Shake a Nanny because when she was little, she would shake when she she'd laugh in church and shake silently. So they would call her that. <laughs> but I wanted her to be called Radio or like yeah, Stone Crusher would be cool <laughs> or Boss. <laughs> So you kind of gave them to each other. We all picked ours. Okay. I wanted to go by fearless since I'm scared of a lot. To, and then they just kept making fun of that. So then I changed it to Energizer. <laughs> did you have a trail name or did you make a trail name on the? I did not. No, I was hoping just to kind of get one out there from someone. But I mean, I, I did hike with somebody for about the first half. We kind of had the same pace going. So we would camp each night at the same campsite for a little while um but nothing came of that either and there's another guy that i hiked with for probably the last four or five days maybe and yeah i kept pushing him and he kept pushing me and we were doing like 25 there's one day i almost did 30 miles holy cow (laughs) that was yeah that was where it started getting more rolly hills instead of like the ups and downs and rough terrain but yeah did you do the road walk all the way to two harbors then no i decided not to go into town there oh so i i carried seven days of food i think i went from i want to say beaver bay to duluth but that's when you were hiking like 25 miles yeah i was doing like (laughs) basically 20 mile days yeah 25 yeah do you guys have all your like food drops figured out well, we're just going to walk into the towns. Oh, and just like grab groceries or whatever? Well, yeah, because the first year they did that, 
mailed some stuff to them a few times didn't like that because then like if you get there the post office is already closed or like not open that day and then you're like stuck or or, so, or have so much food you don't know what to do with it or you have food you're like ew i don't want to eat that anymore I want something else <laughs> we just like to buy it when you get to each town yeah well and, like there's like good local restaurants especially in grand marais yeah what's like the best one there they have really good pizza we like spedanoli's pizza spedanoli's yeah. Okay. But then yeah. there's that place up the Gunfunk Trail that we just ate at. But the that's tra- not even trail close to mind. the Superior Hiking yeah. Trail. No, it's not. <laughs> there's a place that a lot of people go to called My Sister's Place. Okay. And it's that's like in- a tavern bar restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Grand Marie. So in Wisconsin, or Wisconsin, Minnesota, do they have like eating outside or what's the situation? There? Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it varies up there. It varies town to town right now. Okay. Um, we went up to the Boundary Waters, so we went through a lot of that area on the way to the Boundary Waters, and most things were just takeout. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple spots where you could eat outside on the patio. Okay. And also, like, at least in the cities here, there's restaurants opening up the inside now, too, at limited capacity. I'd rather be outside. Well, my dad has, like, leukemia, so <laughs> we try to stay away from it. <laughs> I think a lot of the small towns up there too are be- being very cautious. So yeah. I would doubt that a lot up there is inside. Yeah. Are hotels open? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Okay. So you're hiking with leukemia? I had it for five years. Yes. Uh, it's called CML. Chronic myeloid. It's chronic. So it, it's the best I could have. You might put it that way. He takes pills every day yeah, for it. I like, take three chemo, chemo pills, pills every day. And it doesn't affect your energy at all out on the trail? No. Um, first six months when I was started uh, on the treatment, it did. But I've been on it for five years, and I, I'm fine. I mean, I might have a, I might have a, a day in a month where I'm just really tired. But he never says he's tired, so you wouldn't know. Mom lets you know, but Dad doesn't really tell you. You just have to look at him and be like, uh, you okay? <laughs> yeah. Gotta watch out for him. Yeah, and if you guys want to reach out to after you guys get done with your hike, we'd love to talk with you again. Okay, okay. sure. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to get your reactions. Sweet. <laughs> Maybe my wife will join us that time. Yeah. yeah. I think it's cool that you guys hike together as a family. I mean, a lot of people do it when they're younger, like when they're younger kids, but I love that like Jenny's out with her parents and that you guys are like in your 60s and just going for it. Super inspiring. And he's he's 69. He's almost 70. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's super amazing. Inspiring. Yeah. Well, good luck with your hike and thank you. you. Stay safe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for wanting to interview us. <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. Super fun. I just, I love talking with all, all types of people in life. Like that's what this podcast is about just hearing people's stories and journeys and inspirations make sure you stay tuned for part two of our interview with the ellis family where we follow up with them after their hike of the superior hiking trail we'll have links to jenny's youtube channel in the description of this episode where she makes these awesome parody videos out on the trail, as well as links to her books. Thanks for listening. 
If you'd like to support Hiking Through Life, you can go to hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. We have t-shirts, water bottles, and we recently added stickers to the shop. Use the code podcast at checkout and receive 10% off your first order. There are other ways you can support this podcast as well. You can check those out at hikingthroughlife.net slash support. Also, be sure to sign up for our email list. You can do that by heading over to hikingthroughlife.net. Enter your email address and click subscribe. There's no commitment. You can unsubscribe at any time. As part of our email list, you'll receive our monthly newsletter. We'll also be sending out any promotional codes for Hiking Through Life gear. It's an excellent way to follow Hiking Through Life's journey. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.